I'm Monty. This is the Marriage Bites Podcast. We get real about the joys and challenges of marriage through bites of wisdom we have learned over the years. Our aim is to share this wisdom with you so your marriage won't bite. Welcome to the Marriage Bites Podcast. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. 2023. And a fresh start. At least that's what they want you to think. It is Christmas break when we're recording this, so... You may hear children playing and screaming in the background. So, there you go. That's our life. It is. <laughs> so, let's dive right into it. What are we talking about today? We're talking about keeping score in your marriage. Oh, what does that mean? Well, basically, it means keeping a list of all the things that you do and all the things that your spouse does, and invariably, your list is much longer and feeling resentful that you have to do so much more than they do. And then bringing up that that list, that score, later when it serves you the best. Sometimes, yeah. So let's get right into it. Okay. So basically, when you're keeping score, usually you're minimizing the things that your spouse does, not appreciating what they do, and maybe focusing on what they don't do. And it's maximizing what you think you do. Mm Mm-hmm. Putting more weight to the things that you do. The thing is, when you're working on the family or at work or whatever, you can feel how much effort you're putting into it. And it's impossible to know exactly how much effort your spouse is putting into it. And if they're making it look easy, it's easy to say, well, they're not having a hard time. They're just sailing along and everything's easy for them and I'm having so much effort and it's so much harder for me than it is for them and I'm doing so much more than they are. And it's an easy trap to fall into, but there is definitely an immaturity in it. Absolutely. Room for growth. Mm -hmm. I think a losing strategy with keeping score is that you fall into the rut of things not being fair according to you. And it's really easy to fall into that because it is easy. We tend to, as humans, to take the easy route with things. It's easier to find fault with people than it is to find something good. And to take responsibility for your part in that. It's easy for the spouse to say, well, you did all this and you did this, and not look at their part in co-creating that situation. Right. And it's easy for whoever the upset party is to say, well, that's not fair. Saying that to somebody is, I don't know. I don't like the idea of fairness. Everyone talks about fairness in today's world, but no one wants to talk about responsibility for their actions in whatever they've co-created, as you said. And fairness is something that I think people need to realize is something that is pretty, uh, I don't think it exists very often. There's not a whole lot in this world that is fair. I don't know. I, I think it depends on what your definition of fairness is. If it's exactly equal, then probably not. That probably doesn't exist very often. Right. And I don't, I don't think so. But I think in a marriage, when, when we're talking about keeping score... If one spouse is angry at the other one because they, in their mind, have done more with the marriage or done something more, they've done more work or they've done more housework or they've gone to work more often, you know, whatever the job is to make money. I mean, pick your thing. It's easy for the hurt party to say, well, this isn't fair and therefore I am wronged. Like I said, it's easy to go there instead of seeing, well, what is my spouse doing? I mean, I think it's unfair, but what are they actually doing? What are some of the sacrifices they are actually making? And I know we've discussed this before, especially with our church culture, where we're taught that 
the woman stays home and takes care of the children and, you know, makes the meals and cleans the house and the husband goes out and makes the money, right? Well, on the outside, that looks totally unfair. And in some ways it is, but at the same time, it's easy for one party to say, you have it so easy. I, I think it's baloney that I have to go and make all the money and I have to work. It's so unfair. And they've been keeping score all these years about all they've done or to look at it and say, well, I've had to change 12,000 diapers and I've had to make 1,600 meals in the last month and all you've done is gone to work and come home. What if your husband's a construction worker and he's out hammering nails all day and he comes home and his hands can't grip anything anymore because he's been hammering nails all day? I know we don't use hammers anymore per se, but it's just something to think about is that it's so easy to think, woe is me and things are unfair for me and I'm doing so much and you're not doing enough. And perhaps that is the case. Perhaps it is. But what I'm trying to float the idea here is that things are unfair in life and that it's easy to take that whole position of I'm the hurt party and we're not actually looking at what the other side is doing or mm-hmm. what they're going through. Sometimes, though, one partner really is carrying more of the load than the other. So to say, just don't worry about that is not what we're saying. It's not about just letting your spouse do less than you are and pick up everything else that they're not doing or that they're refusing to do and just living with it. There's definitely a healthier way to communicate the imbalances that you see than just complaining. Because complaining, like, it's not communicating. It's not asking for what you want. It's not helping them understand your perspective and where you're coming from. It's just saying, you're not doing enough. You're not helping. I have to do it all. It doesn't communicate your needs to your spouse. It's not useful in any way, really. But sometimes it really is unfair. Sometimes one spouse really actually is doing way more than their share of the work. Right. Sometimes they are doing a lot more. Like, for example, a person goes to work and they come home. They have on hours and off hours. As a stay-at-home parent, you're not on and off. You're just always on. You're always on call. Your shift is 24-7. I might sneak away for an hour or two to go do something with friends. That did not happen very often in our early marriage, and there's lots of reasons for that. But there was a time when I really did feel like, not from an entitled, life is too hard for me, you need to do more. From a, like, this really is unfair. There really is an imbalance in what we do. I don't feel that way anymore. But also, I felt like I had to advocate for myself a lot in order to get to the place where we are now, where I feel like there really was an imbalance before. I think there had to be maturing and growing on both of our parts. Part of that was education too, though, because if you feel like there is an imbalance and you do feel like something is unfair, you should talk to your spouse about it. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be coming from a place of anger and hate and you suck and I do so much more. It should be like, hey, this is what I'm seeing going on. I would like some more help. For these reasons, I I look back at our earlier marriage and I think of the diaper changing that went on. I didn't do it very often. Hardly ever. Hardly ever. Probably like I can count on one hand how many diapers you changed out of the first like three kids. And the thing is, is even though I had work and things, that was a point of unfairness, a place where I know you kept score on that. The thing is, is that is something that I wish I would have done differently. It took me growing and maturing to realize and being educated by you that oh, this is my responsibility. Yeah, I should be helping with that. I don't even know if the helping is the right word, but I should be doing that. Um, we do have a child in diapers now, and I have, I have seen the light. And even <laughs> though it sucks to change diapers, I do it. I don't know anybody out there that loves changing diapers. 
But that is one example where I myself have grown, mm-hmm. and but it took me growing, and it took me listening to what you had to say about it and being educated. Right. So I can see how, in the beginning, I basically saw this imbalance and just complained. And I thought I was asking for help, but I was actually just complaining. You're not you, helping. You, and you did. You You're did. not doing enough. This yeah. is too hard. I don't, I don't want to do it anymore. There was a lot of complaining happening, but there wasn't a lot of asking. And once I realized, oh, I'm just complaining. I'm not actually asking. I'm not communicating what it is that I want. Will you please take out the garbage? Will you please fold this basket of clothes? Or will you please wash this sink full of dishes? That is asking. So with all these things, it's so easy to keep track of those imbalances, if you will, and to keep score. Keeping score never works. It never works. It's like when you just talked about how instead of asking, you were just complaining. And I do remember that. And you'd complain and complain. And I I would think, I'm the one that's spending all night working. I'm doing all these things and you're complaining about staying home, really? And the the energy that you brought across was so much more negative. Mm -hmm. But when you started asking, it was so much different. And I think we all do that. There's times when I've complained about things and it was from the wrong, it has the wrong energy. And sometimes the person staying home thinks, oh, going to work would be so much easier. You just go to work and then you come home and you get to sit on the couch all evening, whatever. And sometimes the person going to work is like, oh my gosh, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to do this hard work. You don't have to deal with coworkers. You, life just must be so easy. And you think the other person has it easier than you, which is not true. As a stay-at-home mom for a couple decades, being a stay-at-home mom is not easy. But going to work isn't easy either. I think too that sometimes the wage earner feels like, well, I make all the money and that's a little bit more important than all the other stuff. I did that too. As the stay-at-home mom, I sort of felt like your role was more important than mine because without money, we'd be living in a box. We'd be, you know, living with our parents or something. And so I even put your role as a little bit higher importance than my own. Another thing that I was thinking about is sometimes a spouse will ask the other to do something and they'll refuse. And that is often from a sense of entitlement of like, I don't have to do that. Um, like with the diaper changing example. That, that was me in the diaper changing. Yeah, I, was, I would ask you to do it and you would refuse. And that's one thing. But after a while, I just did it and I stopped asking. But then I was quietly resentful. Instead of continuing to ask, instead of continuing to explain this is your child too. There's no reason why you can't change a diaper, you know, but instead of reasoning with you on it, I just did it all myself because it was quote unquote my job and you wouldn't do it anyway. So what's the purpose of asking? And then held quiet resentment about it. Sometimes the wives will take on all of the work and then resent the husband for it, not because the husband is refusing, but because she's just taking it all on. They don't even see it sometimes. Sometimes the wife will be like working her fingers to the bone and the husband's like, everything's fine. We're good, right? And they don't even see how hard she's working. They don't even see how exhausted she is from the work and that they could help to ease that burden for her. Um, because she doesn't communicate to him how difficult it is for her. She's not asking for help. I feel like that was with my family growing up a lot. Mm. Where my dad and my brothers and I, we'd go work out in the fields and, and my mom would stay home and try her darndest to keep the house clean and would come in around noon for lunch and it was like a tornado of destruction. And then we'd eat and then we'd go back out and she'd be left with all this stuff to clean up. And she was, she always yelled at us for keeping our back porch dirty. 
So we'd come and throw our mucky Tracing boots. the yes, manure be, all over the there'd house. There'd be cow manure all over the back porch or dirt. And she'd get so mad. And my dad would just be like, well, that's the way it is. And he'd never help clean it up because he was out working all day. And so my mom would clean it up. And I think she had some of that resentful accommodation. Hmm. And that's a good point <clears throat> to say that some of this is learned behavior from our parents, that that's the way our parents did it. And so we think that's just the way it's done. I think, going back to the diaper changing thing, I don't know why we keep going to that poopy mess, but you talked about how you would complain about it and complain about other things. I think things were building up and you were keeping that score until you finally started to complain about it. And it was from keeping score. Um, And it took a lot of maturity to change that from keeping score to... Advocate. Advocating, yeah. We all do things. We're not talking about the true deadbeat who, you know, husband or or wife who is truly not doing anything. We're not talking about them. We're talking about two people who who believe they are both doing all they should, but falling short. We're talking about the people who who truly are trying. And keeping that score doesn't help things. Mm -hmm. Because if, if, if I think that I'm truly doing everything I should be doing as a husband, and I think I'm a pretty good guy, and then you come out and say, you haven't been doing this, 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 and that, for the last five years and you suck and I'm tired of doing it all. And then it's easy for me to say, well, you haven't done this, this, and that either. And you should be stepping up as well. Mm-hmm. And so truly looking at your spouse and what they're doing and perhaps having a chat with them to see really what they're thinking and really what they're feeling and then try to educate each other. What do you do, Andalyn, if you feel like your spouse is keeping score? And you have been enlightened about it. You've discovered that maybe you're both keeping score. What do you do to stop keeping score and have a more healthy way of interacting than bringing up the scoreboard every now and then and ending in a fight? Well, I think first is to look at the truth in your spouse's perspective. Am I really not doing what I feel is my share? There's always at least a thread of truth in there. Maybe it is true that I'm not changing enough diapers. Maybe it's true that I am lounging around while my spouse is busily doing everything and I could help out more. I think that would be the first step is to really self-confront and look at yourself honestly and say, well, maybe I should be doing a little bit more. Or if you look at it and you're like, okay, I really do feel like I'm pulling my weight here. Pulling my weight, I don't like that phrase. If you look at it and really believe that you are doing your part and they're just complaining, you sit it down and talk to them. One thing that I heard a couple doing is they each sat down and wrote down on a list of all the things that their spouse does. That can be really enlightening. It can show them, oh, we really are about equal. Or it can show them, oh, I see that my spouse has been doing a lot more than I have. Maybe it is time for me to help out more. So that sounds like you're still keeping score, but in a more positive light. So I guess as we talk about this, it sounds like keeping score can be positive if done properly? Um, No, the point of writing out the list of things that each person has done isn't to just keep score in a new way. It's to help you both see it more realistically and also to appreciate and think about your spouse and what they do and what their perspective might be in this family. So it's not like if I'm listing all the things I'm doing and then I'm listing all the things you're doing and my list is twice as big because... I'm much more aware of the things that I'm doing, then that's a recipe for resentment, for sure. 
But if I'm like, oh, well, yeah, he mows the lawn too. Oh, well, yeah, he does fix the sprinklers. And then I start thinking, it helps me to appreciate more the things that you are doing that I wasn't thinking about before. It helps each spouse really look at the other and to gain more appreciation and see the situation more truthfully, more honestly. So it's not about like making sure the lists are exactly equal necessarily. It's more about, well, that's your job versus it needs to be done and I can do it. It's just a mindset shift if, if nothing else. It's not about saying, well, I'm gonna keep a check mark of all the diapers I change and make sure that you change the exact same number of diapers. That's not what we're talking about. Well, that is, that is the epitome of keeping score. Yes. Which that- is a beast. Right, and it's not even useful. Even if you did both change the exact same number of diapers, that's probably not going to make you happy because then you're like, well, yeah, but I washed more dishes than you. Especially when you have a working parent and a stay-at-home parent, the roles of each one is different. And so to say, well, you have to do half of this or we have to divide this exactly equally, I think that is, for one thing, pretty much impossible, but it's just not even useful. But it's about the mindset of each person. Is there entitlement? It's about getting the entitlement out of the relationship. So even if one is doing more of the housework and one is doing more of the wage earning, it's about let's work together, let's collaborate, and let's decide together who's going to do what. Right. I like the idea of the equality in the marriage. I think when you start seeing those inequalities is when you start seeing the scorekeeping, mm-hmm. which can be dangerous and destructive. Right. And it requires collaboration between the two of you. It d- yes. requires discussions. Like, I don't care about changing diapers. I don't mind it. It's not a big deal to me. It's not about the number of diapers. It's about the willingness. It's about the partnership, not about who's exactly doing what. And that's that's what we want in our marriages. We want a partnership. Mm-hmm. And it's growing and maturing into that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, when they get married, they are rarely partnership there are two individuals who've gotten together and now they're like hey we think we're a partnership they really aren't it takes a lot of time to work that out together it does and i think it's highly influenced by the culture that you come from we both came from a culture where the husband works the wife stays home and that was heavily our influence but not everybody has that there are lots of people whose both parents worked both parents cooked both parents did the dishes And they had that modeled for them, or sometimes they saw the trouble that that caused. And if they did grow up in an unbalanced family with between their parents, they go into their own marriage saying, oh no, we are not going to do it that way. We're going to do it this other way. So, I mean, I think though people getting married today are starting out with a footing of equality a lot more than we did or our parents did. I think so too. I think with all the things that we've talked about, I think it's important that we all look at ourselves honestly and ask ourselves, are we keeping score? And is this keeping score, is it destructive to our marriage? Mm -hmm. And if so, there's better ways like we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And that perhaps growing up a little bit and trying to improve on that would be helpful for your marriage. And if you start faltering and you realize that, oh, I'm keeping score as you're having an argument or a discussion with your spouse and you realize you're bringing up the scoreboard again, perhaps you need to stop, pause, and try again in a more constructive and healthy way. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you're stuck, give me a call. 
I'm here and I can help you get unstuck. As a neutral party, um, I can help you get more awareness about where you are and where your spouse is and help you to figure out how to ask for equality in a healthy and productive way. So if you are interested in that, go to my website and sign up for a free session with me. I'm happy to talk to you. And a reminder, we are still looking for bad marriage advice. So send us in all the bad marriage advice you've ever gotten. We're going to put it all together and make a really fun podcast episode out of it. Send it by email at info at We know you're out there. We know you have heard lots of bad marriage advice. Send it in. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Lots of laughs. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Bites Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Let us know what you took away from this episode by sending us an email at info at You can also see what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Andalyn Price Coaching. Or you can visit my website, andalynprice.com, to learn more. See you next week. Bye! Bye. I mean, I'm sure there's some weirdo out there. It's like, I just love the smell of the poop. and I just love cleaning the baby's bottom. It's terrible. I don't know why they would, anyone would want to do it. But. Well, um, I lost my train of thought. I, I hope. Let me go remind There's a lot of screaming happening. Totally shut up.